Science fiction is an existential metaphor. It allows us to tell stories about the human condition. Isaac Asimov once said, individual science fiction stories may seem as trivial as ever to the blinder critics and philosophers of today. But the core of science fiction, its essence has become crucial to our salvation. Tell me how many lights you see. Yeah! Ah! Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Scott Herzog. And good evening, I'm Miles P. McLaughlin. And I'm Dave Sellers. And tonight, we are visiting or reviewing, I guess... Our thoughts on the Guardians of the Galaxy vol- Volume 3. There was no subtitle for it. It was just like Volume 3, right? Yep. That's yeah. right. So Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. And um, I have my own thoughts on it, but I can't wait to hear Dave Miles. I, I can't wait to hear your thoughts on it. Uh, I have some fellow teacher thoughts on it. And I just, I, you know, I'm just excited about talking about this film. Um, okay. I am too. Yeah, so I think I saw it. I think I saw it opening weekend. Um, went Saturday afternoon. Um, took uh, Kiefer and another girl, a friend of his, that not a girlfriend, but a friend of his that is um, that works for the Bed and Breakfast. She's a huge geek. Her father was supposed to go along, but he got sick. And we went and saw it, and all of us loved it. So we were, yeah, it was probably in my humble and expert opinion that you know i think it was one of the best things that marvel has put out in quite a time um yeah maybe uh spider-man maybe the later latest spider-man one was good but other than that like eternals and even like doctor strange and multiverse madness and obviously ant-man and quantum manium like that that stuff just didn't hold candle in my opinion to Guardians of the Galaxy 3 and I felt like when you look at the three Guardians of the Galaxy movies together they have a similar tone it's clearly James Gunn at the helm of all of them and you just see it and uh, I really enjoyed it I really did enjoy it I would see when it comes back when it comes on Disney I will watch it again absolutely yeah so there you got my initial thoughts Uh, Miles how about (laughs) your initial thoughts I enjoyed it a lot and I will definitely watch it again. I feel like there's so much in this movie um, that one sitting is not enough. So I definitely have to see it again. I'm not sure it's the best of the trilogy. I think I think maybe the sec- second one might be my favorite. But there, there's a lot to like in this one. Um, but I, I enjoyed it a lot. And as far as latest Marvel efforts. Um, this is definitely, you know, one of the better ones. Uh, I, I saw quantum mania. I just finished watching it a little while ago and yeah, that didn't grab me as much either. I felt like I had to kind of like slog through it, especially the first hour. It just, I don't know. I felt like it was too long. Um, and Thor, uh, love and thunder. I didn't care for either. So well, I did like yeah. that one. did like it. Yeah. So, so for me, I mean, at least I thought, okay, Marvel still has it. Um, it explores some interesting ideas, which we could talk about later. Um, and so, yeah, I'll, I'll stop there. Yeah. Dave, how about your initial thoughts? Well, it was the first Marvel movie. I actually took a day off of work to go see on opening day on Friday. So wow. we were looking forward to it a lot. Um, That's why yeah. I took the half day. I get it. Oh, no, I took the whole day that day. I'm going to waste my time, get the earliest show, first showing that they had. Um, no, yeah, just like you guys. I mean, we, we watched, like, the weekend before we rented or, yeah, rented or bought or whatever it was, Quantum Mania, before it actually came on Disney Plus, to watch that first, just to make sure that, you know, we're going to be up to speed with everything. I don't know how if they, if they connected at all or anything. Um, but yeah, that was, that was a bit of a slog. You're you're, you're right. I mean, it was good and all, 
but you get into that multiverse stuff, you start to kind of lose me a little bit. But uh, no, this, this was a very welcomed relief after the last the last several uh, several Marvel movies. I mean, still with with the Phase One characters in a lot of way, which which helps, really helps. Um, and James Gunn, just a phenomenal director. I mean, he, he did an amazing job with that movie again. And yeah, like you said, it it felt right in theme with with the other the other two. And uh, I was glad I watched the the Christmas special too. Glad I didn't pass on that one because that, that fit in pretty well. But uh, yeah, another amazing movie. Yeah, you know, and there were so many like references to the Christmas movie throughout, like literally throughout. Not that you would have had, I didn't feel like you had to watch it, but I felt like, if no, you but watched, but I felt like if you watched it, you were like in the know. A yeah. Bit. Yeah. Yeah. One of those. Yeah. Things. Yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit about some of the other, what, what we've been hearing before we get into like delp deep dive into the movie. Let's talk a little bit about what are some of the things we've been hearing from other people we've talked to about the movie. Uh, I'm thinking like Pam, one of an English teacher teaches Rank Store. I totally wreck. I said, you got to see Guardians of the Galaxy three. It is awesome. And she walked away kind of like, eh. And I think what it was, and she's like typically a Marvel fan. I, I think for her, it was the gross factor, the ick factor. Like the, 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 so they, they go into this, uh, what looks like a, uh, a fleshy type station, right? Um, and they're blowing up stuff and it's gobs of stuff. And then you have like the rocket stuff, which didn't bother me because it's Rocket's backstory, but some of that's kind of grotesque and macabre, right? You have the uh the the, the creatures that are half machine, half uh animal, and um while there's an absolute beautifully tender love story, it is also a little bit grotesque, right? Depending on your sentiment. So I kind of got where she was coming from, but I'm like, that's not the point. Right. And I just felt like, um, you know, why not go to these biz- bizarre planet? You go to a planet that's a skull. You go to, you know, what I mean, it just makes, um, and maybe therein is a tie in, right? You have a skull planet, you have this fleshy planet. Maybe there's actually a theme. You have this planet that's actually a living organism. So I don't know. Maybe there's a tie in to all that. Maybe. But- what what have you guys been hearing? What have, what have other people said? Um, my friend Carl, who I enjoy lots of Star Trek, Star Wars, and Marvel. Uh, him and his son went to see it, and and, and he loved it. Uh, he he actually addressed something on Facebook. I guess there was some controversy over um, the one planet with the animal people. I'll call it, for lack of a better word, a, a counter Earth. Uh, you know destroying that planet and just was it some kind of weird message or whatever it was just you know after watching i'm thinking no it was just the bad guys like you know what this this experiment didn't work i'm going to um start over so um i didn't think it was any kind of you know anti you know animal message or whatever it was it was just um that's that that's something i heard Honestly, this right now is probably the first time I'm talking about this movie with anybody. As I, outside of you guys, uh, there's really no one else I know who has seen it that, I, that I've talked that I talked to. So this is good. As I'm getting a lot of fresh stuff here, and listening to you guys, I'll feed off of it and try to recollect a lot of what I've what I remember. But mm. yeah. Well, let's dive, let's dive into a little bit um, for us. What were some of the things in this movie that made – it sounds like most of us were saying this was a good movie. Uh, Miles, you alluded to something. I thought maybe we can talk about that now, and then we'll get into the nitty-gritty of the movie itself. Um, you mentioned that that this was a good Guardians movie, but maybe not your favorite Guardians movie. If you were to – we'll start with you, Miles. If you were to rank the three Guardians of the Galaxy movies – how would you rank them? The second one is, is probably my favorite. 
then the first one, and then this one. That's 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 how I would go it. Okay, Dave, how about you? Oh boy. Oh boy. Um. Ow. Yeah, that's a really. Good- if you need, if you need to think about it, I'll come back to you. I have my list together. I mean, keep in mind, we've seen the Guardians make appearances in the other Marvel movies, too. True. I mean, I I I enjoyed their appearance in um, um, the last two uh, Avengers movies, uh, Endgame and um, uh, what was the last one? Infinity War. Thank you. Thank you. Infinity War. I mean, they had a a prominent, um, they had a lot of good screen time in those movies, too. Yeah. Yeah. come, Come back to me. Yeah, so if I were doing it, it would be I, I've been going back and forth as to whether number one or number three are my, is my favorite because I think they're almost on par. Like I loved a lot of things about this one. There was a there was definitely a bigger investigation to character development that we got in this episode than we got in maybe the other movies, especially when you look at Rocket. And so there was a huge, huge character arc that I loved. Um, but I, there was something about the first one that I really liked. And the second one with the ego planet, like I just, that just didn't like Kurt Russell, like, I'm sorry. It just didn't do, just didn't do much for me. I'd actually, if I were to rank the Christmas special, it would actually be above that. Like the Christmas special, then, Movie number two. So movie number two was actually personally my lowest. Um, that being said, it was still better than Eternals, better than Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. And so by me ranking it last, but it does not mean in any way that it was bad. It just, if you're, if you're preference and like movies, I'm like, Oh, let's go watch the Guardians movie. Uh, let's, which one are we going to watch? These are the other ones that I probably picked before that one, but it's not that I wouldn't watch that one again. But. Yeah, I haven't even seen the Christmas special yet, so I have to, I have to go back and watch that. You definitely oh, that's, do. That's a gold man. It that is thing is gold. Kevin Bacon. <laughs> God. Um. So yeah, I I would honestly probably have to go. I I would probably have to go three, two, one, just in in straight reverse order. Um. While I loved one. The comedy in there was just terrific. Mm-hmm. The the way the characters started forming together were great, but they they were still they were still new. They were still figuring each other out, and you didn't have the relationships there. Two was I, I thought really really great. I, I love Peter Quill's character. He's probably one of my favorite in there. And to see them dive much deeper into him was it was was what really held that movie for me. And then, of course, all of the the Drax comedy that that went along with it, and little baby Groot running around was was absolutely entertaining. But the third, the the, the one the reason I like this one, I think the best is. You're seeing the, the final arc of these characters to a point where they've been through, I mean, everything together from, from when they first meet each other to Nebula's, I don't know, what do you want to call it, transformation, her coming around to everything after getting through defeating Thanos through Infinity War and all that. And you're seeing the the summit of their characters' growth in this, and then the way the movie ended was fitting. I thought. I thought it, it, it was it was a good a good end chapter. So that's kind of where I put where I put them all. Right. There was certainly I mean, plenty of comedy I, in this, but I, I, yeah. I- yeah, I, I definitely. I definitely liked the way they wrapped up the story. It felt it felt complete, yeah, and and yet open. Yes, like they, 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 that there's they could do more if they wanted to later on. Yeah, 
And we know we're going to see Peter Quill again. Right. <laughs> because Star-Lord will return. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I, I, I can agree with your thoughts on all of those. I think there's justifications to kind of put him in each, each yeah. place. That, that was literally gun to my head having to pick an order here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, so it's not, not, not an easy thing. And as no. you said, you know, you each, you know, you see the band forming in the first one and them like becoming a crew. And here you see them definitely a crew trying to rescue one of their own. Uh, and then coming to the conclusion that they're going to do other things. Uh, it's, it's interesting. So. And Peter's. Peter's finally coming to acceptance with Gamora after losing her and yep. then her coming back, but it's not her. And, and, he, and his, his apparent accepting of, of what is and trying to live with the loss, but then even a harder loss because she's not really gone. Right. You know, it's such a, it's a, it's a really good, really good part to it for me. Right. Yeah, no, I, I I I hear you in that. Well, let's talk. Let's let's dive into the movie a little bit, um, and let's pick apart. Maybe maybe we can. I mean, how do you want to approach it? I was thinking we could talk maybe about favorite moments, or maybe uh, and maybe that gets into other things. I, uh, we can do storyline. Uh, what do you think? Yeah. Either way, I only have I, one I, gripe I, with the whole movie. So all right, Miles, you have a, you have an opinion. Go ahead. I like what what they kind of explored with uh, Rocket's past. Yes. Um, I like this was the, they explored eugenics. Um, the bad guy was kind of had some Joseph Mengele vibes. If you ask me. Yeah. Um, and you know, different, you know, different type of villain than Thanos was, but Dr. Frankenstein, uh, maybe a little bit. Yeah. Dr. Frankenstein, especially, well, you know, um, but just the the depraved indifference he had towards his subjects, his 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 lab experiments. I mean, you know, he makes these animals sentient. He also cybernetically augments them, and he is just indifferent. I mean, and then when he you know he makes rocket, rocket becomes. We find out he's he's super smart genius, um, which the the uh, the high evolutionary recognizes, but still at the same time he still considers him inferior. Right. Um, and so, just he wants to create this perfect society, but when it some 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 imperfections come out, where they're you know uh, the the octopus heads were selling meth or something like that. Right. <laughs> um, you know. Um, so it went to, went to some dark places. I mean, you say, yeah, Rocket doesn't talk about his past. And then when we see Rocket's flashbacks, we know why he doesn't talk about his past. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I, you know, just he he has this brief but very close friendship with these other anim- animals that have been given sentience. Which, by the way, is absolutely beautiful, I might add. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I mean, I think, you know. You, 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 you got to get you know your 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 eyes got to get a little weepy after after you find out what happens to them. Yeah, and uh, you know the one the, the scene where um, you know Rock Rocket is unconscious. Uh, well, well, he you know, and he wants to join his friends, and he said, "Yes, you could join us, but not yet." And uh, yeah, well, that scene there's such a was it Layla or whatever her name is is like there's such a beautiful love story almost in that. And you're kind of rooting for Rocket and her to like be it. You're shipping them together. You're saying, "Yeah, let's put them together." And the fact that not yet at this moment, but soon, that's fantastic. And the genius of the writing that they made us care about a talking raccoon, a talking otter, <laughs> a talking rabbit, a talking walrus. Did, did I miss anybody? I mean, no, it's just that's pretty good. <laughs> it was just like you know. And they were and they were kind of grotesque, like they're cobbled together with machines, a little bit like Five Nights of Freddy vibes, um, um, you know, mechanical but, things. But you care about them. They but it also made them sympathetic because of what what this um, this crazy bastard, you know, it, it put them through. Right. I mean, I, I felt sorry for him. It was just you know that that's how good this 
this movie and there's right. All, all they wanted movie. to do was to see the sky. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, when she says, yes, it is. The sky just keeps going on forever. I'm just like, Oh, it, just, it was heartbreaking. Yeah. It was just, it just what, what, what they went through and, and, but, but they made us care about them. And again, that's just a genius. Something the movie did extremely well is made us care about rocket and his friends and the four subjects that the high evolutionary did these experiments on. Yeah. Yeah. Dave, how about you? Uh, some moments or themes or ideas in the movie that really stuck out to you. Yeah. So we're, you're really exploring transhumanism in this. Right. Like we just were talking about here. And the the way they the the way they go about depicting it and how they are really fighting against this guy it, it it's very timely. Right. In in, in many ways. And in, in, in what in what way, Dave? Well, we mentioned a few fascinating names before when he's had a little bit of Joseph Mengele in it, but there's nothing new under the sun. And with us now talking about the poss- a lot of the possibilities from a lot of futurists out there talking about being able to merge the human brain with a computer and really continue to, to live on, and a lot of a lot of theory they're doing with augmentation with computers for human beings and things like that. Very Borg-esque. It's very, it's very timely, and it could depict this. Depicts the, the little the, the 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 you're right the, the macabre side of it, the, the 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 grosser side of it, where it's a very fine line between working to improve or the struggle to perfect, and the dangers that can come, and the atrocities that can come out of it. Now, granted in the movie they're only doing he's only experimenting really on animals, which right. is the big focus of it, which right. is, is perfect for a, a movie of this caliber. Right. And you probably get a real hard art And certainly <laughs> tying in the rocket's backstory, right? I mean, exactly. So, I mean, it, exactly. It, it, it makes to, sense. To do something else with it would be a disservice to that. So Correct. Yeah. And we did see a lot of it with with Nebula throughout the whole Guardian series right. and how Thanos kept fixing her. Right, but that that was a very a very good key underlying plot with yeah. the whole deal that I found, uh, and I could be completely off. It could just be, hey, this guy's just working on monkeys and stuff. We don't know. Right, but that's this is this is what I'm seeing. Well, and the fact what that I'm it made you with. think that, I mean, it's it, 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 it makes it, it's it's a valuable thing. You know, I I, yeah. I know I look at it and say, you know, let's take this a step farther. We talk about a lot of conversations, like what is sentience this day? I mean, we talk about especially when the the advent of AI coming through and like where's that taking us? And um, so these are con- it's it's animals, but it's also timely because of the ideas that are being put forth and stuff that we're kind of questioning, you know, and it really, it really emphasizes even more. Like we're, we're going through all the Marvel movies right now with my daughter. She wanted to start watching them. So we're going through them in timeline order. And we're just about finished with Ultron age of Ultron. There are no strings on yeah. Me. And you're talking about AI and I'm watching this one again, going, Holy crap. This is, even more relevant today than it was oh, back yeah. when it was made. Yeah. <laughs> this is beautiful. But yeah, it, it, it's, it's really neat. And when Rocket, you know, gets back to, when they get back to that lab where he was created and he opens it up and all the little raccoons are still in the, in the pen and he actually sees raccoon <laughs> written on the cage yeah. after he'd get so pissed that the other guys were calling him a raccoon because he didn't know what that was. <laughs> it's like, Oh, <laughs> That's me. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, yeah. So certainly um, those were some beautiful, beautiful moments. Um, I think another, the other moment, uh, it was great to see Malcolm Reynolds, you know? Yes. All the cameos. <laughs> the, the, oh. the, the cameos thrown in it. So, so he was, I'm like, you know, all we needed was Jane yet. We'd have been okay. 
Oh, yeah, that would my be goodness. Awesome. We got Stallone. Been... Yes. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if you recognized him, but we got Michael Rosenbaum. He played Lex Luthor. And, uh, oh, where was he at? Smallville. So his face, like, had, was a crystal face or whatever, but um, ah. yeah, he was one of the Ravagers. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. All right, good. Yeah, I haven't seen him in anything recently, but it's probably just because I'm not watching shows he's in. So, but. so I, yeah, I, I, this is the first thing I've seen him in in a yeah. long time. I think he was in the Last Guardians as a Ravager with you know yeah. it was just kind of that cameo type thing, but they made him this alien with, with uh, using the computer CGI on his face. And was that? Uh, Michelle Yeoh as one of the Ravagers also? Uh, I don't see her on the um, on the IMDB. Uh, Maybe not. She was one of the other Ravager captains there at the end with Stallone and Crystal Face. No, I, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think. I don't. I don't think she was there. Okay, it was just a, such a quick glimpse that. I thought, wow, that was that, and didn't think of anything until you brought up uh, Rosenberg. But uh, yeah, so we got some great cameos, and, yeah. and well, you know, there were more. Than, I mean, they had several minutes. I mean, I, I think you know, Nathan Fillion had, you know, at least ten minutes of yeah. on screen. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he had more than he did in Suicide Squad. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. That's true. You know, I think some of my, uh, my, you know, Dax becomes continues to give these great liners, like one liners, like, "Yeah, we're great, we're going to kill some people." No, we aren't going to kill some people. Uh, we're going to kill a few people. We're going to kill one person. No, no, no. It's just some fantastic lines that just get get from him. And, and and how cool was it to see in him his ability to communicate with the kids? Oh, that was yes. heartwarming. And suddenly, like, he's actually speaking language, and you realize this is not just a brute and brawn kind of idiotic thug. Like, there's depth to this guy, and he's able to speak the kid's language. And it's not only a revelation for us, but his crew has been traveling with him. Uh, yeah, he's more than just this giant meathead who just uh, says funny things. Yeah. Oh, that yeah, that, that that dialogue was great between Mantis and Nebula and him calling yeah. him an idiot and all this stuff. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the only one who could talk. And it was cool seeing him fight the uh, that interdimensional battery sucker machine thing again that they did in the beginning of Volume Two with all the tentacles and everything. Oh, okay, yeah. There's like three of them that they ended up fighting again. <laughs> was that well? Did Mantis? Did she like use her? empathic abilities to kind of settle them down and then they kind of just you know she kind of adopted them yeah she was riding them like a dune sandworm yeah, yeah <laughs> that's right that's right um and how and, and so one of the things i have to ask you about is one of the questions i was dialoguing who I was dialoguing with about it was uh, maybe it was pam what's up with groot I know he's huge. He's like, well, no, not that. He goes, I love you guys at the end. Yeah. Like, we're like, where it's like, did, could he always speak? Or is it that we've been with this crew now for three movies and now we understand him because now he is, he is, uh, speaking coherently. Like we understand him and that he had, well, he's still, he's still saying, I am Groot and we're just hearing, I love you guys. In the first film, if when, when, Groot version one sacrifices himself. He says, we are Groot. So it's sometimes he has the ability to say more than that. It's just, it doesn't come out. It only comes out at certain times. Yeah. Hey, yeah, what, what were your thoughts in that day? Oh, I love that. I mean, he's always been one of the, the, the funnier ones just because of the way, like chopper in star Wars rebels, yep. you don't know what he's saying, but, but, with everybody else's context around, you get an idea. Right. And it makes it, I think it just adds the humor to it. Right. Yeah. I didn't realize, um, who's J- 
James Gunn's brothers in the movie as um what's his character? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh I can look that up real quick. His oh. character's name. Yeah, he's a central character, uh, actually. Craig, Craig, Craiglin. Okay, so Craiglin. Craiglin, that's right. Yeah, you know, the guy that whistles with the arrow, right? So, yeah. Um, I didn't realize that he also does the stop motion for Rocket. Yeah. Yeah, so. Really? Yeah, I saw, I, I was watching an interview with him, and they were showing it. I'm like, oh, he's he's also Rocket. Not the voice, but the, he's, he's, he's manifesting Rocket, so. Thought that oh, was that's cool. But, yeah. So he got, he got plenty of work in that movie. He, he does. Mm-hmm. It's helpful to have a brother that's a director, right? Um, yeah. But, but, nepotism but, but you know out. what? To be fair, I felt like he fit the role. It wasn't like he was just like, oh, you're my brother. I'm going to give you a role. Like he was, he, he definitely like, I would not have said, oh, this is James Gunn's brother. I wouldn't even thought that because he, he right. did such a great job in all three movies. Right. So. Yeah. He, he, he really did. He really did do a, an amazing job. You know, you look at this, just a thought about that. The Ravagers, you really view in the first movie kind of come off as being the bad guys, you know? And by the end, you're not, by the, by the end of the third movie, you're like, these people are not necessarily bad. Right. And, um. Or at least there's a human component to them that makes um, you understand why they're doing what they do. Well, we find out in the second film they they do have a moral code, and that's why yes. they you know kicked out uh, Londo. Um, it's just because he was kidnapping children and giving them to Ego. It's just like we don't we don't um, we leave kids alone. You broke the, there's a we have a code. You don't you don't you, you leave the kids alone, and so we they're, they're dealing kids. <laughs> so. Um, I mean, yeah, Stallone, you know, chewed out Londo for, uh, you know, what he did and, uh, that he wouldn't get like when he died and they, 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 they give the, the part of the send off, but he redeemed himself. So he did get the send off in the second film. Touching I mean, the Ravagers, I compare them to, well, it's a Firefly reference. Like, you know, uh, you know, the crew of Firefly, they'll take jobs legal and illegal, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, so. But always maintain a level of uh, morality somewhere. They have a code. You got a code. Right. And uh, I guess Gamora you know, it, it has, uh, you know, found a new home with the Ravagers. Um, if, by the way, uh, Michelle Yeoh is in as one of the Ravagers. Oh, I stand corrected. And so is v, so is Ving Ra, Ra, Rams. Oh, Ving Rams, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's in there. That's the one. Yeah. Um. So Michelle Yeoh is as Aletta. Yes. Um. Very small role, but yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, what did you guys think of Adam? That was okay. Um, yeah, I'm glad we're talking about this because there's one character I could have done without in the movie. It was Adam. He was kind of a disappointment. I was expecting so much more. At the same time, right? At the same time, he goes through being a patsy of the golden <laughs> people to the sovereign. To oh, the, what are they called? The sovereigns. Like yeah. he goes from being a patsy of them, like a tool of them, to becoming his own person and developing his own mind. And so there's some incredible growth in him throughout the movie. I just could have done without him. Like I felt like he was unnecessary. But maybe that's just me. Well, he was more of a plot device. I mean, he you know he yeah. he had he had to he had to be the one to wound Rocket and put Rocket in that coma. Um, you know, he was. You know, the, the, I mean, the main enemy was the the high evolutionary, but uh, Adam was kind of a a thorn in their side. Which is the problem when you're running multiple bad guys in a movie like this. And, and you folks listening, and even you guys here, if you're more familiar with the comics than I am, please comment, correct me. I I will easily stand to be corrected. But it was always my understanding that. In the comics, especially, Adam 
was a total badass. Like, with a proper, with a different script, he could have been the bad guy for an entire movie, like the bad guy for at least a movie, if not more. So they were able to defeat him. And I remember reading about him when you saw the the cocoon thing that he was in at the end of at the end of the first movie in in the post credit scene there when you saw that cocoon that he came out it was him and we were all excited about it because we're like oh they're gonna bring Adam in this is gonna be great and then I see him used like this two movies later that was a disappointment that's my only that's my only real bugaboo about this whole movie was I think he was an underutilized character that had so much more potential and they kind of wasted him on this I mean Rocket could have gotten that injury from anybody else any other job they could have been doing something simple at the beginning and could have just gotten blasted whatever but that, that he was a bit of a disappointment Again, folks, correct me if I'm wrong. Please. Yeah, so well, very good. Um, what did you think? Were there other any other parts of the movie that we should talk on? I want to talk a little bit about obviously end credit scenes and music we need to talk about as well. Um so oh, I music. Was, <laughs> I'm I'm I the music didn't wow me in this film. I like the music in the second film and the first film, but this film, um, yeah, I, it was kind of, I'm pretty mad over the, uh, I mean, I like the music. The music has always been one of the parts. The music has functioned for me like a, another character, right? Um, it's, it's a defining mark on the guardians movies that you have, um, these classic, um, these classic soundtracks. Which is why it's interesting, like in this one, they actually come up into the 90s and 2000s, right, to bring the soundtrack into some parts. Um, so I think that that's, that's good, too. Um, so, I mean, I like the music. Dave, how about you? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not – I mean, I've only seen it once in theater, so it's not really the, – the individual songs that were played there aren't exactly sticking in my brain. But I, I remember not – having an issue with it i mean finding it it, it fit i mean it wasn't it, it's it's obviously not memorable enough for me right. to actually be like oh yeah when they played this song it was all you know so maybe there were fewer like notable classic songs in it and maybe that's maybe. some of it i have to watch it again but yeah oh we i did forget about one character that i wanted to talk about we can't we it, we would be remiss if we did an episode and we didn't talk about the dog. Oh, Cosmo! <laughs> Cosmo was bad dog. awesome. Like, take that back. When did the dog back. become sentient? Yeah. Uh, holiday special. What you'll oh, see that. Okay, one. that's but, okay. But I think awful. I think even in uh, what was the one where they went and um, uh, Guillermo de Toro was the with a collector yeah like even there you saw the the voice box on the dog like i think that was always there we just didn't hear the dog speak but certainly the holiday special is where we saw it really take uh-huh. place but some fantastic like you're a good dog <laughs> who's a good dog yeah i knew it i knew it <laughs> yeah. you take that back i'm not a bad dog you take that it was uh <laughs> Oh, it's the dog and Craglin. It was great. It was fantastic. Not only was the dog sentient, but the dog is also telekinetic. Yes. Yes. Which was Saves awesome. the day at the end. Yeah. yeah. That is that is awesome. And a brief appearance of Howard the Duck again. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? We were talking about this. The Howard the Duck is a franchise like it's a movie that came out prior it was it's a marvel property right came out in the yeah. what 90s 80s when did 80s, that movie come out early yeah, 80s early 80s so this is like prior to marvel being a franchise as we know it today right um 
And I don't think I ever saw the movie. No, I, I have to go back and watch it. It's been, I have seen it, I think, but it's been forever ago. And, and it'd be interesting just to see it. I mean, they keep throwing him into the into the Guardians yeah. franchise. And like the moment he's on, I'm like, I know who that is. I know nothing about the character. I know it's a Marvel franchise, but I haven't read the comics books that closely. Miles, did you read any of the comics books of Howard the Duck? No. No. Yeah. No, I haven't even seen the movie. Um, so. yeah. Maybe that's I mean, something we could do as a movie review. I'd, I'd be all for uh, that. I would be for it. You're not excited? Sure? My, Miles is like, can you please pull out my toenails? <laughs> that's that's a look I'm getting from Miles right now. There's a reason why the movie was a bomb. Was it a bomb? <laughs> yeah. It, 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 it didn't do well in theaters. Uh, I, I it makes it all the more reason we got to review it. I still kind of want to see it. <laughs> Still kind of want to 1986. Yeah. 1986. Oh, gosh. The year I entered high school. 14% on the Rotten Tomatoes tomato meter. (laughs) 38% audience score. I have to see this movie. (laughs) So, yeah, we should should watch this. We should should do it and and, like... Stream it live and comment on as it's playing. Oh gosh, that would be terrific. That'd be terrible. <laughs> so just because Miles is gonna hate it, I think we should do it. I think it's a. It's a <laughs> you guys, that's like two hours of your time. You're never gonna get back. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, well, but it's two hours that I get to spend with you guys, and that's the exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, with a cast of Leah Thompson and Tim Robbins, I mean. I mean, who could go wrong? Those are classic who, actors. Yes, who could go wrong? I mean, Leah Thompson, she's like Star Trek fame, right? Directing some of the best episodes of Star Trek. Yeah. In the second and, and, season well, of and, and she was she was mom and the mom in Back to the Future. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but uh supposedly her and the duck get it on and that's you know Maybe that would that, vi- that, maybe that would violate YouTube guidelines. Oh, it's 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 on it's on Amazon Prime to stream. Good, we can do it for free. Yes. Wait on my next movie. <laughs> you can get it for eight bucks on Blu-ray. That's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason you can get it for eight bucks on Blu-ray. Just so you know. Oh. Uh, let's back back up to the Guardians movie a little yes. bit before we get. Yes, uh, yes. It's associated. Uh, yes. We're talking about Howard the Ducks. So be fair enough. We aren't totally <laughs> rabbit trailing here. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the, um, like, I remember, I don't know who I was with. Maybe it was Kiefer said, is that, is that Kang, the black, the, the, the guy that was the Machiavellian character in this one? And it's not, it's a different character. Yeah. It's a different actor. Um, he has a very uh, African name. Um, yeah. I, um, I'll take a stab at, at, at pronouncing it. I'll probably butcher it. Uh, uh, Shook Woody. You, I, uh, yeah, I, yeah, you're, you're, I not, you're not doing it justice, Miles. No, I, no, I, I certainly am not. Um, no, it's, uh, yeah, it, 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 his, his name is hard to pronounce. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. So, you know, I thought he was a good villain. Uh, oh, he was cold, great. Cold, I think he did cold, a great job. Cold and calloused. Um, along with his henchmen is, it, that, that worked around him, I thought they were all good. Yeah. yeah. I loved how when they're in the cube on that animal planet and it's lifting off, how everyone goes into to rescue um peter quill and um and rocket and they don't need rescuing they they, they or they have their whole plan um not it's um also um groots with them you know they have this whole plan to get out and as they're exiting the other people are entering the ship is fantastic and classic guardians what are you doing? <laughs> Why didn't you? Do- yeah. yeah, no one sticks to the plan. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, um, so I think Gr- Groot, if they do another movie with him, he's going to be as big as a uh, California Redwood. Uh, probably, and that would be that would be awesome. <laughs> I mean, the the, the 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 last scene with him in it, he he's just ginormous. He he looked better in this one than he did in the holiday special. When you say Dave, he just looked yes. like he was. He looked like he was on way too much steroids in the holiday special. Oh, he's getting swole, man. He's hitting the bench. <laughs> yeah, tracks. He yeah, he is. So you know that was. Um, I, it, it was nice. It was nice to see that. Nice to see that. Um, yeah. But. Oh, so the Peter Quill, we talked about the Gamora love interest. Like, this is not the same Gamora, right? This is the alternate universe Gamora. So they don't have a relationship, and he's trying to make that happen. But we also get a little bit of banter between Nebula and him, right? You're like, I like your eyes. They were cut out. You know, that, that whole that, that whole dialogue there, it was, it was, it was like there was – clearly some interest there they were playing with and she's like not buying it <laughs> but well yeah i mean it's like you love my sister you, she don't want you no more so now you're coming after the sister yeah it's this like, is a this is a what do they call that a uh bounce back or whatever a rebound, rebound thing, there you go. That's, yeah. what I'm that's the word the rebound right contra the rebound yeah but it, it, their their interaction that was that one scene yeah where they were talking really close and i'm like oh my gosh <laughs> look at what's there in a kiss watch <laughs> no. no it was it was definitely there was definitely some tension there they were playing oh yeah so brief flirtation yeah brief flirtation indeed yeah let's talk a little bit about the post credit scenes we had i guess three different things we can talk about uh, we'll talk about the last one. The last one, of course, is just the end screen that says um, Peter Quill, Star-Lord will return, you know, yes. which is different because it was always Guardians will return. And now it's Star-Lord. So clearly he's in another project that Marvel has envisioned. Yeah, yeah. I think. Um, Do we know what that is? No, but I, th- I think uh, Dave Bautista, he, he's done with Guardians. Oh, so. doesn't make that doesn't surprise me. What? So, uh, he was great. He has no other acting that he's doing. So, well, I, he was actually he he was on some talk show, and, and like the last day of filming, he was like, I, I didn't get a chance, but he did have some something coming up. But like, he didn't stick around after he after he was done his filming scenes. He didn't stick around to say goodbye. He went to his next project, which he said he regrets because he didn't get you know say goodbye to his fellow cast members. They probably you know it might be a while before he see, sees them. So, um, but I, I, I don't know what the other cast members, I would, you know, it's, but yeah, yeah maybe, so I, I guess this is be a, just a, a, just a Peter Quill project. I mean, he's on earth now, so, um, maybe something happens on earth that he, he is there to respond to, or maybe the Avengers, um, get his help or something. Yeah, is is that what is the next movie slated? Do they have one? Uh, I don't. Let me see here. Um. So here's what I'm reading about it because I'm looking. I'm, so I'm looking it up a little bit. Um. Um, they said they're, they're, there's, they're, they're, so here, uh, let me just read a little bit of the story. If Star-Lord is getting his own solo movie as hinted by the title, it's safe to bet that Nova will have some part of it. However, getting the character to fit into the MCU isn't as simple as introducing a singular entity. Um, who's Nova? Oh, it says which Nova? Right. Um, so they talk about the potential of it being like a solo Star Lord movie, um, <clears throat> which, but I, nothing's been announced, right? And so that's the. They also say a Star Lord's movie return could be with the X Men. Um, 
If that's going to be an animated show. Well, oh, that one. I think. Um, Isn't it? Let me see. I read the story here. Uh, they do have two Avengers movies, two new Avengers movies slated in 2025 and 26. Oh, okay. The Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars. So it almost seems like they're a year apart, literally almost the day. So I bet that's a two-parter. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. So we'll see. Yeah. yeah. There's a, there's also, they also, so, so we have that. And then we, of course, the Mythical Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 4 is cued by the new lineup of Rocket, Groot, Cosmo, and Kraglin suited up alongside Adam. Oh, uh, yeah. That was at the post, the post-credit scene. That was another post-credit that scene. There, so yeah. That, that could be could be a four um, or it could be like a lead into like another holiday special you know right um, and how does this fit into the secret invasion that's coming out well the that's a TV, that's yeah. a TV show that I is think. a TV show it seems to be a Nick Fury centered yeah. Which is awesome because. Yeah, I mean, after all. Yeah. Nick Fury. <laughs> I know. Old man Nick Fury. Yeah. Well, you know, you think about it, our actors have aged 15, 20 years since this all began. They have. So if we. Yeah. All right. So we, have, so we have that. We have, of course, the Guardians. What did you think of him sitting down with his grandfather? That was a nice scene. I mean, it was, you know, him reconnecting with his Earth family. I mean, he has been with his the family of the Ravagers, his family with the Guardians, and, you know, I, I don't remember which character said, you know, is your grandfather still alive? And, you know, you should see if your, you know, your family on Earth is still alive. And so that was a nice scene that he went to go see, you know, his grandfather. Yeah, I mean, that guy has done tons of stuff, too. You know, um, yeah, and if you look at the paper, yes, that uh, his grandfather's watching, it's a good tie into the holiday special, right? It's kind of like this, um, oh, what is it? It's Kevin the, Bacon abducted yeah. by aliens, right? right. <laughs> kind of a, uh, you know, off the rack uh, supermarket tabloid type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was kind of fun. Um, um, yeah, so I don't know. I, I like it. I mean, it's hard to know exactly what that all, how this all transpires or, I mean, you might be able to argue that the post credit scenes with um, Rocket and Groot, that that obviously hints at the future of Guardians, a new lineup for Guardians, which I'd be okay with that. At least, yeah. you know, give it, a, give it a movie with Rocket and Groot helming it and um, the new uh, new people doing it. So I, I'm, all, I'm all for it. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Um, Got to be better than the Eternals either way. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Facts. I think we'd probably get a Guardians with Rocket and Groot a lot faster than we'll get a uh, sequel to the Eternals. Oh, we better. Yeah. By the way, the uh, just want to jump back to the mid credit scene with Rocket and Groot. Yeah. Um, they talk about one of the people, the the Fela Val, um, Phyla Fela P H Y L A Val V E L L, is uh, one of the people that's in the band, and people are saying it's one of the most peculiar characters in this new gang of heroes. Her presence certainly raised eyebrows for Marvel super fans, and in comics. She is the offspring of the Cree warrior Marvel and is a super scientist named 
and a super scientist named Elias Elias, and uses quantum bands, which are nodded to Miss Marvel's Disney Plus. So it's interesting. Um, uh, yeah, so that brings up another thing. We were teased. Uh, you probably saw this in your theater when you went. You know, one of the movies that was played at the beginning was the um, the interplay between the like Brie Larson and then her counterpart that played in the Marvel series and TV. What's that one called? That's coming out. The Marvels. Movie? Yeah, the Marvels. Yeah, what do you what do you guys think of this movie that's coming down the pike? The Marvels? Yes. Yeah. Uh no interest. I mean, I, I get that they're trying to tie things together. Um it 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 might be interesting. I think this is one of these that I'm gonna have to wait and see. As we get closer to the time, you know, follow the reviews. Right. Um, right. Like Guardians of Moment. And after it was pretty announced, much got all the heat from the other one. Yeah. With, like, especially with the track record we've had with Quantumania and the Eternals, this feels a little bit nebulous. Yeah. Um, and I don't get what we're going, where we're going with it. It may, my only thing is it may bring in a younger audience. Maybe. Maybe. And, that's, and maybe. That's not necessarily a bad thing, but. No, it's not. Maybe more the, I don't know, may attract more uh, women, young girls. Right. Uh, female superheroes. Maybe. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. How how did the uh, Ms. Marvel TV show go? I enjoyed it. It wasn't. um, It ends, of course, with the the very end of it ends with a tie in to the movie that's coming out. Okay. Uh, So they clearly were thinking about this movie as the TV show was being developed. It's clearly a play into it. It was interesting in that you brought a different nationality into the Marvel Universe, the the Indian, uh, Pakistani type, I don't know, Arab type. Uh, Middle Eastern. Yeah, Middle Eastern, thank you. And so that that was interesting for, um, for me, but yeah, I don't know. Okay. I, I just, it's like, it was a good show. Hawkeye was definitely hands down better. Oh, um, yeah. And even Captain America and Winter Soldier, or Falcon and Winter Soldier, or whatever it was called, yeah. um, like that that series was okay. But I really, but in the end, it really grew on me and got really strong in the end. And Loki, man, that was fantastic. So if I were to rank it, it's not the highest in the series for me. But I think it was also geared toward a teenage audience, right? Which I am unfortunately not a teenager anymore. So, or fortunately, maybe. So, which again, you, and, and this is where some of my frustration is. You've built a lot of these TV shows where you're ending with, "Here's Julia Louise Dreyfus coming in." Where's the payoff for this character? Well, so it took us. How many, how many movies did it take them building up to Thanos before we really got to see Thanos? Right. Like, they were building it up for a while. So it's quite possible there is a, pun intended, an endgame for that character, right? Yeah. That we just don't, that Disney's not, that's, you know, closed lip about. My concern is movies that are flopping like Quantumania that has Kang in it, who you would think would be the villain coming up um, and having that kind of flop for them. And then the Eternals where at the end it says these characters will return to Eternals too. And there's no one talking about Eternals too anymore because of what happened that some of these things that are trying to tie together, this is not flowing as easily for, uh, Disney and Marvel as the first 
batch of right. movies did for him. Right. Cause I don't know that there was any, there were no, there were some that are like more than others, but there were none that I would have like said was a dud. Maybe the second Thor movie would have been a little bit duddier than others, but it wasn't, but I enjoyed it. Like that's when I went like, I'm going to go see it in theater. Like that's the way I felt about everyone on this guardians three, bringing this back to what we're talking about was the only movie recently. I said, I got to go see this in theater. Right. And even the second Thor movie, had a purpose to the anthology as a yes. whole by bringing in that second infinity, the, the, the infinity stone. Right. Yeah. I'm not getting any of that from anything else yet. Yeah. And maybe it's just because I don't know what the plan is that we're not seeing it, but it maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe the comics do explore a different arc that we aren't seeing. I'm not a comic book reader. Maybe. Um, or maybe they've gone in a new direction. I don't know. Kang's yeah. certainly part of the comics. You know, where does that end up? Yeah. Folks you- listening, comment on the thread for this and let us know what you think yeah, for absolutely, sure. Because absolutely. we're in the dark. Yeah. Uh, Miles, <laughs> have you read any of the Marvel? You've read some. I know you read more comics than Dave and I probably have. Um, have you read any of the Marvel stuff with Kang at all? No. No, I'm, not fam- I'm only familiar with Kang just with the, the yeah. MCU. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, so let's. Uh, is there anything else we need to talk about regarding Guardians of the Galaxy three before we give it a rating on a? Uh, I guess a. What do we give? Do we give it a five star rating? Is that typically what we do? A one to five or one yeah. to ten? One to five. One to five works. So, any anything else we want to talk about before that? No, I think we covered it. Yeah. yeah, some great performances yeah. by the actors that we've grown to love and know. Um, yeah. Yeah. I do like Gamora flying Quill's ship. Yeah. <laughs> or or if you can call it flying. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. yeah. All right, well let's go let's go through and let's rank these out of 5 and Miles uh out of 5 stars, where do you rank it? I'll give it a solid four. Solid four. Okay. Dave, how about you? Solid four. Only because of the misuse of Adam. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if we're allowed decimals, uh, you know, I'll do like 4.25 or something like that. Oh. But I, but I would say four is, four is reasonable to me. It's, uh, yeah. it was, and for me, that makes it a really good Marvel movie. Yes. Um, there are other movies that would rank, as we discussed much lower than that for me. So I think fours across the board feel good to me. So, uh, but Hey, if you're listening, we'd love to hear what you, how you would rank this movie and your thoughts on where you, where, where, what are your thoughts? Would you give it a four? Would you give it a five? One? If did you hate the movie? Um, yeah. Very good. Very good. And next time, I guess we're reviewing Howard the duck, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Maybe we have to talk about that. Talk about that. Um, yeah. We could go back and do a uh, quantum manium if we want to. Or maybe not. Maybe we should do an old movie, an old, an old classic. Okay, Howard the old Duck. Movie. Got it. You <laughs> <laughs> walked that one, Miles. It's old, but it's not a classic. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll we'll have to talk about it. And uh, yeah. we appreciate uh, everyone for joining us. And. Uh, Guys, it's been great hanging out with you tonight, talking about Guardians of the Galaxy three. It was fun. Oh, as always, as always, it was it was a blast. All right, um, I believe without further ado, uh, let's wrap up the share. Miles, why don't you take us out? All right. Till next time. Good night and good luck. We'll see you. And go boldly to the Sci Fi Diner Facebook page. <laughs>